0: Hey, everybody, I'm back. <laughs> uh, my name is Charlotte. I'm to be your host for the next hour. Uh, welcome to California Haunts Radio. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We're 45 strong up and down the state, which means if you have a paranormal issue, we can get to you. It might take us a while, but uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. I want to apologize. We got on really late tonight, but we had a great day. We had a day we didn't quite expect um uh, I'm working on a new a new series kind of thing for Facebook and TikTok and YouTube. And uh it's about it's based on haunted places and that's all I'm going to say. Particularly haunted place that I have visited and my team has visited several times. I decided to start with that one. And uh going through all my footage that I had from this place I realized in my horror that I was missing uh interior shots and exterior shots of this place. So I decided to go today this afternoon to see if I could get the exterior shots. I got on their website, checked it out, and it looked like they weren't open today. So I didn't, you know, I just thought, okay, we'll go shoot some B-roll. And um, so I got a hold of Karen Clark and I mentioned I was going to go today, And medium, car- medium Karen Clark, and Claire said, well, I'd like to go too. So we made it, we made an afternoon of it, went, dro- drove out there. And it did look closed, but I noticed that the parking lots in the surrounding areas were all full. And usually when they were full, that meant that, there, that things were happening in this place. So I thought, well, that's kind of weird because there was no mention of it. As far as I could see on the website, I probably didn't see it or something. So we walk up to the building, and I'm, you know, I'm getting my gear ready to shoot the exterior shots. <coughs> Excuse me. And I'm getting my gear ready to shoot the exterior shots, and... I noticed the gates open, and I said, "That's kind of weird, too." Well, maybe they've got maintenance in there cleaning or something. So there's an elevator there, that, and it's a reportedly haunted elevator. And so I said, "Well, let's push the button and see what happens." Heck, I'm with the psychic, you know. So, we're, so she's gonna know if there's anything coming at us bad or anything in this building. So, um, I was, so I was brave, big bad brave. So I pushed the button, and we're waiting. And sure enough, the elevator opens, and I said, "Okay, this is just." And it was dead it was like excused upon dead silent dead quiet outside and in the elevator so i said okay so let's go upstairs the lobby and see what's you know if we can get in the lobby so i pushed the button and the door closes and we go up to the lobby but the door didn't open and i'm thinking and i'm carrying that we're both going well maybe we're not supposed to be in here that there is maintenance or something and they've got to shut down so i hit the door open button Door opens. Nobody's in the lobby. Lights are on, nobody's in the lobby. So we go walking in, and we're kind of looking around thinking, okay, what's going on in this place, you know? (laughs) Just us and the ghosts, right? And finally Karen's the one that goes, hello, you know. And we hear this voice from way in the front of the building. And there was somebody in there. And as it turns out, things were going on in, in, in the main auditorium. So we were talking to this, this nice, nice lady, and she said, well, you know what, while they're doing their thing, you can go ahead and walk around this part of the building and shoot your videos and stuff and, and do what you need to do. And I said, oh, thank you very much. So we start, you know, first we talked to her about things that were going on because these are all new, new people from when we were there the last time, like eight years ago. And so we're getting report, you know, we we're trying to get reports from the current happenings of this building because it's a really active place. And uh, then we start going around, and you know, we start filming, because like I said, it was B-roll, so it's not like we were going to be in front of the camera blah-blahing or anything like that. So I'm shooting all this B-roll, and we go upstairs, I'm still shooting this B-roll, you know, and this event ends. And so she comes, she comes and we, we hook up with her again, and she says, Hey, if you want, while they're taking stuff down, you can go ahead and, and shoot in the main auditorium. And I thought, wow, we did not expect that. I really wanted to do it. Because otherwise, probably our next shot would have been like in October to get back in here. And I thought, wow, so I went ahead and shot some b you know, shot the B-roll inside the auditorium. So we got to do that. So instead of, you know, like I, like, like I figured it was going to be like a quickie 15-minute trip, now it's gotten to an hour because we're shooting all this B-roll. So we go outside finally, to, you know, we thanked them profusely. In fact, she's going to provide us... With another photo of a ghost that was taken by her daughter in this place, so that's going to be interesting. And nobody's seen this photo before, so we're going to get a copy. We'll be getting a copy of that this week, and I'm real excited for that because we have a picture of an apparition in, the, in, in, this, in, in this particular building, and a couple other things that we're going to add to our our video. And so uh, we go off You know, we're out in front of the building, and I said, "Well, let's shoot the exterior B-roll," and we got that done. So it's like an hour and a half in, you know, staying in this place that I thought was going to be quick. So we get done, get back to the car. Well, of course, we're charged up because we were allowed to get in this place. I didn't think we were going to, I was going to get the footage. And Karen looks at me and says, well, let's go to the casino. So, so we drove up to this casino, had dinner, played around with the slot machines, drove back up, and now as you see, it's 1147 California time, and I'm just getting on the air. But it was a fun day. It was a fun day. And it was exciting because we were shocked because we were able to get in this place and get the, and get the footage that, that I needed to do this video. So I'm going to be working on that, and uh, I hope you guys like it. You know, it's going to be the first one of a series, uh, which means we're going to be revisiting some haunted places probably that we've investigated before. You know, but it's stuff that we know about. I'm going to show, um, I'm even going to be brave. I'm going to show the evidence that we think, you know, the evidence that we think we got. So that's going to be shown in these videos as well. And uh, hopefully you like it. Hopefully you like the evidence. Because I know if I put it out there, there's going to be negativity and all that. That, That's why I used to just put it on my website. Because, I mean, it's not that I don't like the negativity, but um, not to be real thick-headed about it. But I've been doing this for like 18 years. And so, you know, I'm also also a... photojournalist, so when I look at video footage and I look at photo footage, I'm pretty good at figuring out, you know, what's fake and what's not, so, yeah, so the arguments are always out there, and there's always that, there's always that, well, maybe it was this, maybe it was that, I have a good friend, you know, Kenny Biddle, who who was really good at telling what's fake and what's not, right, so have at it, that's all I can say is have at it, but uh, we know what we got, and that's how it is. So anyway, I'm excited and hopefully I'll have that video done sometime next week and put together. Um, There's a lot of details that I I have to narrate and I want to make sure I get everything correct before I put it out. You know, that's important to me because this place over the years has been very good to us as a team. So I want to make sure everything is above board and, and put together. Okay, that being said... If you're watching from Facebook tonight, and there's probably none of you watching at this point because it's almost midnight, <laughs> and you like what you hear, please be sure to leave me a thumbs up. Or you know what, if you watch this later on on Facebook, like tomorrow, like during the day, and you like what you hear, please be sure to leave me a thumbs up, a happy face, a heart, whatever. You know, a like. You know, make sure it's like... Same thing with YouTube. If you're watching from YouTube tonight and, and or, or tomorrow at some point or today at some point, you know, about 10 minutes is going to be today at some point. Please be sure to leave me a happy face, a thumbs up, and a like, because what that does is that puts us up higher in the FYP, and it, and it distributes us, us out to, you know, more people. Um, if you haven't done so already and you're watching from Facebook, please feel free to follow, because we do have, you know, shows every day, Sunday through Friday same thing with youtube please feel free to subscribe we're trying to build up our subscribers so the more the merrier for us you know we we want to reach that thousand number we've got 330 to go and we're going to hit a thousand on youtube so i'm real excited about that if you're over here watching from TikTok, you know and you haven't signed up over on youtube or anything please be sure to do so okay so i'm really excited every sunday we like to read from a paranormal theme book or a fantasy book the last four Sundays we've been reading from Mar Muter's book, The Book of Buried Letters," and we're at the epilogue part of it at the end where she went back as an adult on her parents' old property and she found because she used to write letters to what she called the Flower lady and she she would also put letters and her thoughts you know poetry and things in in, 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 in in like jars and bottles and bury them around the property so she went back and she found a bunch of them. And, uh, you know, the first, the, the whole, the whole product, the book was talking about these letters and, the, and her experiences as a kid. So what she did was, as the a because she had more letters, she put them in the a So that's what we're going through right now as the a epilogue, or whatever they call it. After we get done reading these, and I don't know how many we have left to read. After we get done reading these, there is a follow-up book, and we're going to read that book. And that book has to do with past lives. So we're going to get into that book after we finish reading this book. But right now we are reading um, selected poems, you know, uh, poems from her life. And, you know, letters to the flower lady and poems. And this is, it's interesting because it's about a, a young girl growing up. And what's on her mind. And there's very folk involved and, and things like that. So it's been a very, very interesting read. Mary Mueller is a really good friend of mine. And you know what? It disappeared, and so I'm going to have to call it up. So give me a second. This is how this night's gone. I started this show earlier, and let me move this over a second. I started this show earlier, and um, let me get this. Hang on. Yeah. We have audio problems and jumping around problems, and I thought anything that could go wrong is going So So this called The Book of Barry Letters, A Real-Life Journey of Insight and Intuition. So this is her life growing up. It's, it's, it's the way she, it's essentially, it's the way she kept a diary of her young life. And I've known Mary and for a couple of years now, and I le- I have learned so much about her by reading this book. And I'm really happy that I was able to read it because it gives me insight into my friend, right? So, um, Marin, thank you. It's a great book and I can't wait to read the next one behind this. So let's go ahead and continue. I'm going to read for about an hour. I can't understand. It's 11.53 at night and my internet is acting up and it shouldn't because, you know, unless people are just coming home from Sunday. doesn't make sense. Xfinity, that's all I can say, Xfinity. Okay, so I'm going to read, I'll read for about an hour and then we'll call it a night, okay? And I may not have enough to read for an hour, so I'll read to whatever we call it, and you know if it ends up ending early, it ends up ending early. But so like I said, we had a great day today, and uh, Karen Clark and I were just giggling away like two schoolgirls all day. So it, it was a pretty fun day. So let me get in here, the Book of Fairy Letters, Dear Flower Lady. Okay, Dear Flower Lady, I'm sorry I don't write much anymore. I have to swim all the time and don't get to play in the woods anymore. We wake up at five for swim practice and then go to school and then go to swim practice and then work out at home. Then if we have homework, we do homework. I do about 721 sit-ups a night when I'm bored next to my bed. And then we sleep. Even on vacation, we go to swim practice. Swimming is the most important thing in the world, according to my dad. I'm whining because I had a dream the other night about a blue envelope. I lost it somewhere when I was little. We're moving from this house, and I can't find it. If you know where it is, can you please tell me? It was in a jar. I was going to mail. But somehow, it got lost. There's an important message inside. Forgive. Dear Flower Lady, Mostly I sit in silence in my room, or I lay on my floor. My heart steals and my body releases its hold, and I am free. Dear Flower Lady, Last night, I dreamt of the images that flow in the back of my mind to the point of an almost hypnotic distraction. I can't really describe what I'm seeing. I'm 13 years old now. I'm a competitive swimmer and have been to special programs at school for kids that are below average. I do not communicate well because the images in my mind move fluidly compared to what is happening in the classrooms. They move much faster than I'm able to write. I used to believe I was crazy. Perhaps I am. The following theory is on the connection of old material, not only on Earth, but also in space. It also touches on the idea that there are webs we cannot see, but are part of. We are like the Earth, which is smaller than the atom, which is like the universe. Let's begin with our own electrical system, with the power plant being the heart. There is an electro. Sorry about that. There is an electro. (laughs) That's one of those nights. There is an electromagnetic current. That dome that domes and loops around us. The energy created in this field is a living, breathing movement that allows for connection to others, connection to others, a sixth sense of feeling. This theory is about connection. You can actually read people from over 50 meters or more away, just by the energy being produced by their field. The closer they get, the more your senses pick up on the intention in the air. The spheres connect and communicate with one another. In the world of molecules, they teach us the photons electrons. they teach us that the photons and electrons move randomly around the atom. But this is only true when they're, when they're secluded from all the matter. but they do not do this in nature. They actually emulate the pattern of the element that are around and can weave two elements together, even if they are four different things by creating a pattern of movements that musically, I say that because. I say that because of the waves they weave are beautiful in my mind, end of parentheses. Weave the two things together. Can they connect more than two things? Yes, most definitely. So by knowing this and knowing our power, our, our power plant creates a sphere of energy that expands practically indefinitely, like a wave of water when a pebble is dropped in, parentheses, our body is the pebble in the sphere. Not only moves from our head, looping to our toes, waves outward, weaving with everything around us, end of parentheses. Plants, animals, people, the Earth, the air, the unseen world around us and even throughout space, are all connecting and communicating in some way. The most sensitive physical sensation for us is the closer something gets to our body. My theory is we're all connected. Our moods, our understandings, our worlds can be influenced by the energies being produced in our vicinity. We are all based off the same secret codes. The entire world around us is based off the same design. We can understand a lot if we learn to realize this. When we first got a microwave a few years ago, a few years ago, our lips aren't working. You could feel the strange energy coming out of it, see? From across the kitchen. And if you moved to stand and look inside, you could feel your mind tingling. Well, I felt that way anyway. The energy acted like a strange magnet, pulling and rearranging the atoms. It wasn't a normal harmony. It was almost hypnotizing. And you wanted to move away. But it drew you in, fizzing a little like pop rocks. This is why we get the sensation that someone is watching us from behind. It is the innate senses animals use in the wild to stalk or to feel when it's being stalked. It is why the birds know when a storm is coming before the skies darken. It is when you can feel love from miles away. And it is why some people believe there is life after death, because although they cannot see the energy fields of the souls, they can still feel them, or smell them, or sometimes hear them. It is why when someone dies they can haunt, because their spiritual waves are alive and they can still use them to communicate. They have a conscience. Think about that for a moment. Words are a vibration created with a tool called a voice box. But the words are not seen. They're part of the wave. Back to the sphere of emotional energy, does this weaving mean that our feelings can actually influence the world? If people were to work in harmony, if they were to let go of the negative feelings and embrace compassion and gratitude, even for the food we eat, would that impact the world around us in a positive manner? Well, I need to go. Thank you for listening. I believe in more, I really do. Dear flower lady, let's go back to the world of colors, purple. This is my purple book. I'm writing in purple, but can you really see it? Or is it just another color of blue? Orange is a whole color as is green, yellow, red, and blue. Purple, on the other hand, isn't. We could really see a pure purple, not even on the rainbow shimmering on my wall. Maybe purple was like the highest note or the deepest tone. It is there, but we can't see it. It is invisible to us. Okay, streamer is working fine. I had trouble with the uh, internet a little while ago. The other show I started, I was all out of sync. Isaac Newton did experiments with prisms to break the white light into pieces using a ray of sunlight shining through a piece of crystal. White isn't even a true color either. If you are painting with white, you're painting with no color. If you are talking about white light, it is actually all the colors not broken yet through the prisms. Purple is lifelike. Oh, it's like life, I'm sorry, I flipped it. It's an optical illusion. Growing up is so awkward. It feels like my joints are all wiggly, like my thoughts don't fit with my body. I feel like goofy. It's like growing up is all mixed up, like there's a bad picture on the a bad picture on the edge of sketch, and no matter how much you shake it, it just gets more confusing but won't clear. Then I have to swim. Dear Flower Lady, does medicine interfere with the natural life cycle? Does that in turn interfere with the health of the global well-being? Another person has cancer, leukemia. He is only a year older than me. The last round of chemotherapy didn't work, and he's going to die. No one wants to die, really. And others don't want to endure the pain of loss, but what is it they are actually avoiding? The pain of loss? Yes, but mostly the fear of mortality. We seem to push death under a blanket, so no one has to come near it until the owl calls your name. Everything is sugar-coated to paint a pretty picture of normality. If someone dies, it's like a wet blanket on the whole parade. You'll get over it, or you'll move on, don't worry. What does that even mean, you'll get through this? Our culture is really mixed up. A death is just as important as birth. It is the birth for the person who dies. There is nothing nice or easy about birth. It is exceedingly traumatic for the infant. They are being ripped from one world into another. Look at the energy and the division of a cell. This is a spectacular event. The difference between birth and death is, in birth we witness the soul entering, and in death we witness the soul's exit into another world or state of being. Like the mother giving birth, it is excruciatingly painful. So is the death. We celebrate the birth, we hide from the death, but in death there are memories and lessons and experiences to be held. By extending human life, we are encouraging overpopulation, which will strain our environments as more resources will be needed to sustain life. But not just life, to sustain a quality of life. That means, in order to live a good life, we are told it's got to have certain qualities the house, the clothes, the car, the shampoo, the zit cream, the potato chips, the vaccinations, and the education. We are told we must acquire these things to be fulfilled and happy, but what an empire? It's all about money. The more people live, the more they need. In my short time in this life, I've noticed things aren't the same as I remember them when I was young. Things feel different, not so solid. Maybe it's my imagination, but I have even heard my parents say things aren't made like they used to be. Don't get me wrong. I'm not averse to advances in medicine and science. I like the exploration and think it would be fun to be a part of, but I do not like the carelessness of greed. The case of the matter is, companies and advertisers pretend quality. More and more things are being replaced more often. Even Mickey Mouse has changed to be cooler. Instead of sharing the magic of being yourself, Disney is moving into a popularity contest and it feels like a huge disappointment. And it's all for the money and the stock price. I did tell my dad every year since the stock dropped a few years ago to invest in Disney for me, because popularity sells. Lots of people want to be part of the crowd. To reduce the life of an item—excuse me—to reduce the life of an item makes them more disposable and generates more money for companies. To make and produce all this stuff means our resources are going to be stripped at increasing rates. It's the 1980s, for goodness sakes, and we're setting ourselves up for trouble. What is our world going to look like in 50 years? It's not that the earth is going anywhere. Nature is going to be okay. It doesn't pretend there is a way out of death and embraces it, but we are just writing humanity's ticket out of the playbook. Extending human life is an economy of its own. A lot of money is going into vanity and fighting the fountain of youth. People or companies will create new medicines to try to heal everything, but this is bad. If we continue extending the lifespan, and we keep making things to make lives easier and more convenient. We're going to end up in a world where we have a bunch of people with nothing to do. Boredom creates problems on a large scale, especially in populations. Some individuals create ingenuity or find solace in art. The question is for the grand population. Is it better to live smaller, full-lives, or longer, more superficial ones? Of course. In the end, it won't matter what we do or how we live because nature will decide. The overuse of resources will hurt our environments. What will that affect me in ten years? Probably nothing. But what about fifty years? Will we be able to breathe? Going into L.A., we can see the color of the air is different. Is that brown air going to hang over everywhere? Are we going to be like the Lorhex story? Will diseases like cancer increase? Delve beyond the cell. Find the other side of darkness. Dear flower lady, the pathless travel. No matter what path you're on, look around you because there's much more. Life is not a line or a path. There's no starting line and no red tape finish. It is multidimensional. It is a phase, like the seasons. We are in a human phase, and we will continue more seasons and possibly circle back. Dear flower lady, meander, wander. Dilly Dilly, this is me. My goals and ambitions are like my desires and drives. I do not desire a path to the end. My ambition is to meander, to explore the meadow and force of life. If I were to be a doctor, I'd bring a flower for each of my patients to bring home. If I were a teacher, I would hide little things for the kids to search for. If I were a mother, there would be magic. Dear flower lady, what does it mean to love yourself? How do you do it? Always you hear people say you must love yourself to be loved, but I think about this often and wonder if I am able to love myself or if by doing so I get lost in myself. So how do you love yourself? Mere the touch of rain on a daisy, the rush of wind across a puddle. Dear Flower Lady, I dreamt again last night. I can imagine him as a baby in my arms, building forts as a child but never as an adult. He just goes away, and the meadow above the ocean blends over the story, and the birds sing. Dear Flower Lady, Boundless within the walls of plated calcium, the puzzled bone. Synapses of electricity spark its universe to life. Rules created by gentle rhythm, unmeasured time. Complex in development, simple in structure, the stories come. One mind alone is limited. To its own existence, suppressing knowledge, hindering discovery. Importance: the universe isn't measured in miles or time, except for tangible tools, calculated estimates, Form- formulas solved and needed or desired. Forcing the vast into a box, calling it outside. The far reaches can be accessed instanta- instantaneously. The synapse. The making of the universe is the making of the mind. It is the same. She smiled, flashing nail on the left, swirling galaxies, distant sparks. Knowledge unbound. She left with with synapses, jumping. The mind is gray again, simple. I return to collective life. I want to go exploring. Less than a blink of an eye, there and back, billions of years, measured time, vast within the puzzle walls above. Dear flower lady, the dream. Let me do this really quick because my allergies are acting up. Give me a second. Oh man, my allergies are so bad. It's still really warming here too. Okay, the dream. There is something dark lurking in the shadows, a foretelling. In the garden maze next to the roses, I played in my dream. The sun set and I was in my room beneath the covers. On the woods at the far edge of the maze emerged a being I cannot describe other than death. And beside that, shadow ahead. At first it wasn't scary, but as it glided down the row of hedges to the French door into the library, its darkness became prevalent. It was a warning of death, a warning I cannot stop. The death will be instant, but not my own, but it will feel as though it was. A part of me will die in the setting sun, desperate. The beings focus on me as they make their way through the maze. You cannot alter the path no matter what you do. The fate is set. Patience. The panic started rising. I awoke frozen, and then got out of bed and went downstairs, skirting the hallway to my parents' room. They were asleep. I didn't wake them. I just stared with my heart begging one of them to wake up and comfort me. Then I went back upstairs. I decided I will change fate. I will change this path so the tragedy doesn't happen. But what is it? A body without a head, a head without a body, a spirit that's part of me. Dear flower lady, how do you find happiness? Excuse my allergies. My mother reads books about raising kids and about happiness. My dad listens to motivational tapes and talks to help build better business relationships. There was a book I snuck from his library, How to Influence People and Win Friends. It is an interesting title and subject line. Do we really need to win friends? Is friendship a competition about influencing others? Isn't that the same as manipulation? You know from my previous notes that we are merely a form of spirit or conscience, essence unique, and individual as the snowflake. Our views and understandings of life vary from person to person, as each view is felt from an angle no one else could ever see. Therefore, Reality is truly in the eyes of the beholder, but what is the individual reality, and how can others influence it? Our individual self rarely trusts our own instincts, it seems. What we have is indeed to feel guided. It is a way we survive as a species. We follow what has worked for others to thrive and to hopefully avoid catastrophe. Good luck versus bad luck. Is rabbits for good luck or bad luck? I guess if you were to ask the rabbit, it wouldn't be so good. But for the starving person who caught the rabbit, it was a lifesaver. These books are kind of like the rabbit's footbooks. In order to influence others and win friends, someone else is being skinned. By playing on the doubts of mind, the master influencer, the author or speaker, leads a group towards the light of the pathless traveled. The influencer, all the while, winning a bounty of so-called friends, Each friend at that point means money and meals per se. The followers need to have influencers as a gauge to compare themselves to, getting the viewpoints of others to gain validation for their thoughts, accomplishments, and failures. This stems from a low personal value. This is interesting because the person seeking validation or constant second opinions on things is giving value to the gauge or influencer. This is seen at school with the popular groups of kids. Many kids want to be like them. They try to wear similar clothes, or may even start to pick on others to prove their own value to the group. Sometimes the seeker catches on to what is happening and begins to morph into a gauge, and then they find the power to influence and therefore win friends. And we're stuck. Hang on. There we go. Let me get in here. There we go. But what happens if we want real friendships? I think it would be best to say a real friendship isn't in a mass quantity, but in quality. And it builds and develops over time. Sometimes people don't even get a real friend until later, or maybe never. I'm sad for my dad that he thinks these tapes and books are going to make him a better salesman or person. When all he has to do is remember what it was like to fly kites so long ago on the beach. Dear Flower Lady, as the sun begins to set and the hum settles the day, I pack my bags. I'm not sure where I'm going, or what the future holds, but it is time for me to leave. I do not belong here, I do not belong anywhere really, I'm scared, but I believe. This is the last page of purple, the pages no one can see, beyond the spectrum of color. Where our spirits become again free, may there be love, may there be hope. May the future beyond blend Kaleidoscope, where learning is knowledge and materialism is left, where the universe opens and our souls explore death. Dear Flower Lady, you can't find salvation by looking for it from someone else. The only one that can ultimately help you is you. You are you. You are the hum. You are everything and nothing all at once. Don't worry so much about what you should be or do. And just be the wind be the sun upon your shoulder the rain on your brow and the mud between your toes a pencil without eraser still writes and then it should read choose your words wisely to your flower lady today we'll be talking about universal fabrics and binding points imagine the swath of cotton linen at first you see a flat surface with maybe a few irregularities. If you look closer, what you find is a weave of irregular strands. Each intersection is a binding point of form of unity. Look closely at your skin. You'll see a weave, even on very young skin. The fibers of your skin are weaving together, bonding. Inside this bonding, you have a cellular structure, molecules, and atoms that move with life. Imagine each point of the linen where the strands cross. On one side of this cross is a black hole, and the other side is an explosion. Material is taken in, compressed. Material is basically turned inside out, and is compressed so greatly. I it's compressed so greatly. On the black hole side, people might think the matter turns into something negative, or might cease to exist. On a super basic level, it would be like the number scale three, two, one. On the black hole side. The zero vortex where the compression is so great it forces the material into the next universal plane, and the negative one at negative two, negative three, could quite possibly be an inverse of material. Starts another complete universe. The black hole side now has a mirror or opposite plane of the reverse spin, shooting material, the physical laws we cannot account for here on Earth. Each occurrence of the fabric's weave creates differences. The binding points are interesting because it binds it all together. It binds us and everything together. It is the hum. We are the hum. You are what you project in your heart. Dear Flower Lady, Everybody hanging in? Yep. <laughs> Dear Flower Lady, Animals know their understanding of life, its meaning, and what is next is superior to ours. We are constantly looking for reasons, the reasons we are here. To place meaning and mortal facts upon it all. To break down what love is to its base. To remove oneself from nature and place our man-made religions and our sciences on a pedestal making us actually less of an emotional group. To remove sensitivity and become fixers. This is where intellect becomes, becomes ignorance. We can break it all down, all the way through our electrical workings. Maybe someday, we'll construct a human outside of a human. Maybe we'll make memory outside of a human. We'll forge emotions into a robot. But no matter what, we will not understand the cause of emotion from inside a laboratory. Of course, a plausible explanation of what emotion is, and explain it away as a reflex or means of survival. It will miss what's behind the eyes, though, and will further restrict the spirit creating an environment void of authentic connection. People will interact without connection. Connection is hard. It is vulnerable and can, and can hurt. Take a moment and do not speak. Stay still. Hear your breath. Hear your heart. Lay outside and do the same, no matter the weather. Listen for your heart. Keep going deeper and deeper. You'll find an expanse. How do humans know what intelligence is? They can't truly really communicate with other beings on Earth. Because we can talk. Because we can build. Because we can make things like machines. Like machines? That is the measure of intellect. Because we are the only creatures to make music and art. Animals know how to play and love, and how to be sad and mad and happy and glad. And how to make art. I have heard it. I have a record of the humpback song, and of the blue whale too. I venture to say they'll live within art and music. Their lives are grace. They live within science and within natural religion. They communicate through song. They teach love, protect, care for their children and families. They attack bullies when needed. Imagine if we lived within art, and we spoke soothingly through a song to one another. Anger through these melodies wouldn't create hate. How does a dolphin or seal know to avoid explosives or warn us about them without being trained? Why do they know it's dangerous? We base intellect and understanding on our own skills and developments. Yet, we cannot know what another person is thinking. People have no idea how I think. When I try to explain, I'm sometimes completely disregarded or humored, mostly just shut down, and I feel like a fool. Yes, of course we all have ranges of minds. Some are very simplistic and others more complex. Some with the ability to memorize a great deal, as some content in the field of clovers or living in the present, They are all important, all types of stages of the mind. How big is the whale's brain? How does it compare to the ratio for intelligence we use to compare the rat's brain, or the pig's brain, or the ape's brain? I bet it dwarfs our ratio. The sperm whale isn't silent. Some people say it is. Some people say it clicks. The clicks are a language that is different than the humpbacks, just as French is to English but they know them all. Intelligence is individual to the species. The human is a a beast that manipulates. Through our roads, we reap power. We think we thrive on controversy, on destruction, on war. Our technology started out as one thing, a discovery that could be positive, but it quickly turns into tools to advance positions or to be destructive and used as a weapon, per se. It seems everything is always fighting. We fight disease. A car fights distance. Religion fights love. Science fights compassion. We fight each other. We gossip. We look for the wrong. We place blame and faults rather than learning everything is natural. Not speaking properly is natural. Getting something wrong is natural. Perfection is not. Perfection is fighting nature. Perfection is fighting oneself. Perfection is the refusal to let yourself be part of nature to know you are not nor ever will be in control. Perfectionism is fear and self sabotaging Perfection is finding fault in life, it is manipulating yourself, it is fighting harmony. For a moment, think of a rabid animal, foaming at the mouth, vicious and unable to remain calm. It is in panic mode, it is in pain and is very sick. It kills frantically, the human is rabid. It destroys its own environment. It is working to extend life, which could lead to unsustainable growth and overpopulation. Humans are fighting nature. What other creature intentionally poisons its own water and food for perfectionism? What other animal kills just to kill, like what we did to the buffaloes and different races of humans, overfishing the waters, killing things to practically extinction, overhunting, overpoisoning, overreaching? I used to wonder why spiders and snakes had enough venom to kill humans when they only eat bugs and rabbits, genetically thinking. But look at the intelligent human. We kill everything in our path. We stick animals in laboratories, we mount them on our walls, strip them of their horns and tusks. Also, we can be stimulated. Maybe the lessons here are to learn to let go of those traits, to live within our environment and for our environment. Maybe we return to our communities and stop fighting for oil and resources so far away, taking them from other communities. Maybe we should allow for natural population and development. The human population lives in fear, and like the rabid dog, it is in a panic for survival. Science can be beautiful. It doesn't have to be fighting something, it can be wondrous and inquisitive. There is more after this life. And we should learn to look through wondrous eyes, where the flower speaks silently to us and death is not so permanent. I don't want to die thinking there's nothing more. Well, at the same time, I don't want to die thinking there are streets made of gold. I want to believe the next phase is enveloping, where well, the mistakes and manipulations that I will make here will be translated into compassion, to eternal love, and love so true it cannot be documented. The first time I heard the whale's song, I was in Maui. My dad and I had swum out past the breakers and sunk to hover around twelve feet below the surface. The first few seconds I acclimated to the water's tide, relaxing my chest and allowing the beat of my heart to slow. It was a silence beneath the water, an untold story, possibly the same unsilence you hear in space. Then it came, a beautiful voice. It was more than a song, it was poetry, an ethereal wisdom. Each year we go back, I look forward to listening. It is me under the waves, outside my natural habitat, unobtrusive and curious. The songs fill my soul, and it is like witnessing a magnificent secret. The songs are only from one whale, but a multiple. It is a harmonious dialogue based in grace and understanding. It is a song which resonates life. We may, and there is a parenthesis here that says, Writing here is, is in, it can't be read due to water. Continue. Imagine the whale's song. As scientists ideas and thoughts and feelings, like Mozart, Vivaldi, Michelangelo, and Aristotle, all rolled into one single note. If I could communicate like the whale, the song would fill my soul. Again, there's water damage. Continue. Dear Flower Lady, Whether we want to admit it or not, was a world beyond our tangible reality. Dear Flower Lady, What makes a meadow beautiful, or a field of clovers grand? There is no beauty in perfection, only heartache and hardship. Perfection suits no purpose but to push away love. The love is to see the meadow and the clovers, with the dandelions and thistles, not to brag, boast, compare, or blame. The love is to have faith, for it is intangible, unmaterialistic. It is is a connection to the unseen. Dear Flower Lady. First, I would like to make note of the perforations on the pages of this notebook. Should you like to remove any pages, you may tear them out. But it's important to remember that even though the pages are removed from this book, the words remain printed for eternity in a form of special memory. What is this form of special memory, you ask? Consider this. Space isn't empty. There is something so tiny, so tiny it continues beyond anything the future can measure. This tiny is the essence it is living. It is the essence of life. It is what fills the spaces, however large or small, that scientists claim is empathy. If you think about atoms for a moment, an atom lives as both a matter and a wave. You may be scratching your head, but please bear with me. What I am referring to is Atomic Consciousness. When no one is looking, it spreads out kind of like a liquid, but when it is looked at, it condenses. It has its own sense of self. It only appears in a particular place if you measure it, kind of like time. It is an observer that makes better known. If you really think about it, the act of observation creates the entire universe. But in that observation, it is. Is it the human body that is the observer, or does the human body act as a tool for the essence of life? This makes the essence of being an untouchable reality, meaning an external being, the individual spirit. Dear Flower Lady, There once was a little boy who tripped over his shoelaces and skinned his knees. Rocks and dirt that ground into them were picked out carefully by his little fingers. Tears stung in the corner of his eyes. Sometimes kids laughed at his misfortune. He stood up and barely made his way home. His head held high so it could cover the pain and fear of embarrassment. Over the years he learned to become a great mason. His structures were beautiful to behold. People were in awe, some wanted to stay watching the master work. This set out they set out picnic blankets and offered for him to join them. But still he worked. He hand carved the bricks, stacked each stone, and tended the ground until they were just so. Bandits and leaders and even lovers battered the heavy, do- the heavy doors. He looked out the windows to take quick glances at the commotions. Sometimes he'd miss a brick or twenty, and in his negligence the invaders snuck in. He pushed them out quickly, though, and got back to work. The weather and time were not his friend. As much as he'd hoped they would be, they were sunny and bright when he was working, but shipped away everywhere his back was turned. He became exhausted. The walls began crumbling stones in the dust. He built up the fires and packed mud into the holes. He held his head as high as he could. It was a lonely job striving for perfection. All this work for barren walls, sterile art, perfectly placed. Dear flower lady, thank you for listening. Love, Mary. Okay, hang on. Are we at the end? Let's find out. That may be it guys. Let's see. I'm trying to see. Give me a second. To find out if that is the end. Let me double check. Yeah, I think we're done. I do believe that is the end. Let me double check. That we reached the end. Let me look at the chapters. Give me a minute the contents where are we, we're we here yeah, that's it so that is the end of the book guys we finished it off tonight and uh, wow, that was a great read beautiful stuff and it's just it's hard to imagine that this came from a young girl you know, from, from the mind of a young girl um, so uh, the, the next book that's up uh, Baron Muters, let me see if I can find it here over am Go back to Amazon, give me a second
1: They continue situation of of you know the the Second book in the series is called Look. Fantastic. I really enjoyed this book.
0: Really, really enjoyed it. Like I said, uh, she's been a friend of mine for quite a while. So much about us. It. It's, it's interesting, you know, when you meet somebody online. And, um, uh, okay. Okay, so I think I have a line. I can't know the librarians go down.
1: that one.
0: See if I can. Uh, but like I said, um, you know, okay. Um, I'm just trying to bring the book up so I have it ready to go next time. There we go. Ready for free. Okay.
1: I'm just going
0: to open this up so the next time I come in, I can just grab it. What? Okay. I just want to read it. Let me read it. Okay, well, I'm going to... I'm gonna to have to find the book. It's not let me in. But I'll just have to deal with this. But anyway, um, I've known her for a year, for a few years, and and it's just it's just very interesting because I, I there were things that I had no idea about, and I'm I'm just I feel so honored to know these things. Okay. This week is going to be a hodgepodge of shows. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Excuse me, 6:30 p.m. Pacific usual time. All today. 6.30 p.m. Pacific usual time. And, uh, we're running into the last week of August where a lot of the guests are getting home from vacation. Uh, some of them are, are professors, and so they're, they're getting their school stuff set up. And so, uh, we'll have a full load of guests, not this week, but next week. We're gonna, starting next week, we're gonna have a full load of guests again. But, uh, we got five days of what I call hodgepodge. It's gonna be some interesting things. I'm gonna be trying some new things this week. And, uh, Wednesday, I can, I can guarantee Wednesday is going to be an interesting show. Karen Clark and I are launching a uh, show on YouTube. It's going to be uh, twice a month, the show that we're going to start out on YouTube. And uh, I think you're going to find it interesting and we're going to go ahead and we're going to uh, do it here. We're going to do it here Wednesday as a test run. So uh, be ready for that. Nancy Matts and I have some plans for some really cool stuff coming up. Of course, she'll have her Friday show. But uh, a few years ago, um, I had an instance of, of, of lost time while driving on the freeway. And I had been wanting to know whether it was just, we're back in time, there's a lot of details to it, or whether I might have been abducted by aliens. So we are uh, going to get together tomorrow or Tuesday and we're going to do a, um, a, 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 a hypnosis session to see. And the results of that will be on a show this week. I don't know what day exactly. Maybe Thursday show. We'll put the results of that up, and you guys can check it out. So um, just, just, just a heads up for just some different kind of things coming out this week. And uh, I, I think you'll be interested in it. And I, I think you'll have a good time. So anyway, I want to thank you all for coming this late at night. I really apologize again. But I had a fun day. Karen Clark and I had a blast today. And so I was real happy with with today. So I was happy to come on late. So I'll see you guys tomorrow one way or another at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Um, I'm going to sit here for a while and uh, decide what we're going to do tomorrow together. Because I have a few ideas. And uh, I think we'll come up with something workable. But thank you very much. And I appreciate it. And again, I don't mean tomorrow. Well, it's tomorrow to me. But it's today, essentially. Because right now, Pacific time is 12.37 a.m. So I will see you today at 6.30 p.m. Pacific, and I want to thank you all. And also, if you like the show, share it with five people if you hated the show. Share it with five of your enemies, right? We're equal opportunity here. We're just trying to get the word out of our little old show, so uh, please do that. But I will thank you again. I know it's late. I know we ran way behind schedule today, and I appreciate each and every one of you. So I will see you this evening, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. See ya.